0: Where do I even begin? It's a rhetorical question, but I ask it with all seriousness. I genuinely don't know where to begin. So I think it's only appropriate that I start off by saying, what a weekend for U Sports Football. I think longstanding U Sports Football fans have come to realize that every year, there's that one week, that one week that's just straight modness. You'll have the handful of upsets that leave us speechless, followed by those super competitive and close games that leave us on the edge of our seats. And of course, the one or two blowouts that nobody even saw coming. My point is, every year, there's that one week of U sports football where you have no choice but to stay glued to your screen. Your computer screen, that is. And I say all this because this past weekend was that weekend. UBC accomplishing something that one week ago was deemed impossible. Sherbrooke finishing the job and proving to us all once again that they have what it takes to take down a national powerhouse mcgill and concordia engineering an overtime thriller and how about uft in toronto gifting us with playoff football one week early this was definitely that weekend and with that being said what's up everybody my name is Deshawn stevens dj Lalama is on this podcasting bi-week and i'd like to welcome you to take it or leave it the show we deliver you sports football news for all 27 different schools Typically during these episodes, I like to take you behind the scenes into the mind of a U Sports Top 10 voter by sharing with you my latest U Sports Top 10 votes. And don't worry, I still plan on doing that for this episode. But before I begin, we need to have a conversation and try to make sense of what the hell we actually saw this weekend. And you know exactly where I'm starting with this one. The number two Saskatchewan Huskies traveled to the West Coast to take on the UBC Thunderbirds and UBC came away with the win 35-29. to Thunderbirds running back Isaiah Knight touched the ball 20 times, racking up 231 total yards and scoring three total touchdowns. Saskatchewan quarterback Mason Nias went down swinging. He completed 33 of his 49 total passes for 441 yards and three touchdowns. Okay, here we go. DJ and I had an amazing conversation last week about this Saskatchewan Huskies team and just how battle-tested they've been through the first six games of the regular season. Through the majority of their first six games, we literally saw the Saskatchewan Huskies overcome every single obstacle thrown in their direction. Playing in a six-team conference during an eight-game regular season, we had literally seen the Saskatchewan Huskies defeat every team in their conference. But even after a loss, my first key takeaway from this game is that the Saskatchewan Huskies should still be bookmarked as the favorites to win the Canada West Conference. I think the reality is sometimes you need to lose to know how to win i know it sounds weird but sometimes you got to take that l to learn how to truly lock up that w the 2022 saskatchewan huskies have experienced a lot of wins this season and they've all come via different circumstances but the one emotion that has evaded them the entire regular season is that burn from a loss and they went out heroic if you ask me i mean mason i engineered one of the greatest final minute drives that i've ever seen in new sports football history But I think the pain that they felt from losing that game, if they did feel any pain whatsoever, is going to make them a complete football team and put them in a position to truly make a legitimate run at a Vanier Cup. Because now they know what it feels like to lose when you have everything on the line. They know what it feels like to lose when the national spotlight is on you and the pressure is high. I truly believe this loss will only make that team stronger. And as for the UBC Thunderbirds, I think they just flipped their entire season narrative back to kind of like what it was at the beginning of the year. Back in September when this whole thing started, many people, including myself and DJ, had the UBC Thunderbirds penciled in as a team that we could see breaking through to the Hardy Cup. But then the team got off to a slow start, and they weren't really living up to expectations. And I think somewhere along the line, people just started to hop off the UBC hype train. Anyways, long story short... The UBC Thunderbirds are back in the Hardy Cup conversation, alright? They've proven that they could beat the best in the conference. They're the only ones that have proven that they could beat the best in the conference. So you could put the UBC Thunderbirds back in the Hardy Cup conversation. Okay, moving on. The second game that I wanted to talk about, uh, the number 5 Montreal Caravans visited the Sherbrooke Verteor. And to the surprise of many, Sherbrooke came away with the win 12-5. to Wow, I can't believe I'm about to say this, but I think the Sherbrooke Verteor have the Montreal Caravans figured out because if you look at the first time these two teams met, Sherbrooke took Montreal to the limit okay they they were within one point with ten seconds left in the game, all right, and now they come back three weeks later, and you're telling me they shut out the Montreal Carvan They sh- They stopped them from scoring a touchdown like they shut them out from the end zone. Are you kidding me? I think the Sherbrooke-Verte-Or have a pathway to defeating the Montreal Caravans. Let me tell you something. There is a pathway for this team to get to the Dunsmore Cup because right now Sherbrooke is sitting in third in the RCQ and Montreal is sitting in second. If these two teams meet up again in the playoffs, which they will, Montreal better be scared. There is reason for Montreal Caravan fans to be scared of this team because they got them figured out. And then as for the Montreal Caravans, I'm going to just keep it short and sweet. They're done. They are done. They've been exposed. They've lost back-to-back games against the two teams that they would have to go through to win the Dunsmore Cup if they wanted to this season. Laval put a beating on them. And then this week, they lost to the Sherbrooke berte or who are probably the ones they're going to link up with in the playoffs. So for Montreal, it's, it's over. I can't believe I'm even saying this because two, three weeks ago, this was a team that was in the same conversations with Western and Saskatchewan as among the best in the country. Two, three weeks ago, we were actually questioning if Montreal made it to the national semifinal and had to face Western. We were actually questioning who would win that game. But they, they ain't in that conversation no more. I don't even know if they I don't even think they're top five in the country. And y- y'all gonna hear my top 10 votes. I'm gonna tell you right now, they ain't top five. So um, as for the Montreal Caravans, it's over. They're done. All right, here we go. Let's get into my top 10. I ain't going to waste no time. In that number one, I got the Western Mustangs, and that's not even a question. Undefeated. Keon Edwards finishes as the OUA's rushing champion. Keon Edwards, in my opinion, is the OUA MVP after this past week. I think he solidified it for himself. I think he locked it up. Keon Edwards, 2022 OUA MVP. The Western Mustangs right now are the best team in the country. They are the number one team on my list. In that number two, this may surprise some people, but I voted for the Saskatchewan Huskies. And I'm going to tell you why. If you want to lose a game, that's how you go out. That is how you go out. Down by six points, you drive the length of the field. You give yourself a chance on the 17-yard line with two seconds left. And Mason Nias essentially threw that ball into the hands of Caleb Morin on the final play of the game in the end zone for the win. And the pass got broken up by double coverage. Double co- it took double coverage to stop Masonias and the Saskatchewan Huskies from winning that game. That is how you want to go out. I'm not taking anything away from the Saskatchewan Huskies. They lost one game, but let me tell you something. This is still the number two team in the nation, in my opinion. So, yes, I have the Saskatchewan Huskies penciled in at number two on my list. In at number three, I have the Laval Rouge or no surprises here. Keep them locked in at number three. They're the best team in the RSCQ. They have the RSCQ MVP in Arnaud Desjardins, who's leading the country in passing touchdowns. And their defense is only allowing 12.6 points per game, which is second in the nation after St. FX. So it kind of makes them first in the nation, if you know what I'm talking about. All right. Uh, So Laval, keep them locked in at number three. In at number four, I have the Queens Gales, and this team just continues to impress me. Uh, they they put a beat down on a really good Laurier team this weekend. They went into their house at University Stadium, and they beat them by 19 points. That's impressive. Uh, this young man, Alex Vrieken, he's going to be the key to that team getting to the Yates Cup if James Keenan doesn't get back in time. So performances like what he put together on Saturday are going to be pivotal for this program in the playoffs. Listen he threw for 220 yards. He rushed for 18 yards. And had one touchdown. All he needs to do is just manage the game. 15 for 26. When it comes to completions. That's all you need to do. The run game will bring you home. But if you can move the ball through the air. And kind of bounce out that run game. And pass game. Then the offense is set up to be okay. So I think Alex Regan played amazing on Saturday. He did what he needed to do. To put the Queens Gales in a position to put points on the board, and when you put points on the board, it puts the defense in a position where they can just freely ball out and do their thing. And of course, as we know, this is one of the best defenses in the country. So Queens Gales still at number four. I like what I see from Alex Vrican. I like how the run game is still alive. Defense is clicking on all cylinders. They're ready for a playoff run. In at number five is where my list changes completely. I know there's going to be people that agree with me. I know there's going to be people that disagree with me. But always remember, this show is called Take It or Leave It for a Reason. All right? It's called Take It or Leave It for a Reason. Here we go. In at number 5, I have the undefeated 7-0 St. FX X-Men. And I know nobody's going to agree with me on this one because the X-Men have not proven themselves by beating the 2007 New England Patriots. They have not proven themselves by beating the 85 Chicago Bears. They have not proven themselves by beating the Legion of Boom Seattle Seahawks. So I know everyone's going to disagree with me on this one, but I'm looking at this team and I'm saying they just won their game against St. Mary's via a score of 52-4. They beat Acadia last week, 46-11, and they beat Bishops the week before, 30-10. to 10. It's impressive, and it needs to be recognized. So I got them in at number five. I ain't going to argue with anyone about this. Take it or leave it. At number six, here we go. Change keeps coming. I have the Regina Rams, and that's going to shock a lot of people. But the reality is the Rams are currently sitting at 5-2, and two, and I think they have the most impressive 5-2 and two record that you'll ever see. Their two losses literally came against the Saskatchewan Huskies at the wire. There are two games where we could have said the Regina Rams had a legitimate opportunity to defeat the Saskatchewan Huskies. In the first game, they held Saskatchewan to only 11 points. Saskatchewan had to win via a game-winning field goal from David Soley. And in the second game, the Rams attempted a comeback, got the game within three points, within a minute remaining, recovered an onside kick, and had an opportunity to drive down the field and win the game, but through an interception. If you want to have two losses, that's how you want them to look going down at the wire against the number two team in the nation. But outside of their battles against Saskatchewan, the Regina Rams are so impressive defensively. They rush around five or six guys at the line, but it works. They're only allowing 74.2 rushing yards per game, which is the lowest in the nation by a far margin. And they have 15 sacks, which kind of has them in the middle, but closer to the top than to the bottom. And listen, I get it. People are going to look at that and say, but it's Canada West... It's a passing conference. Canada West has always historically been a passing conference. But the reality is, if you can stop the run of any team, then you're shutting down essentially half their offense. And you're forcing them with only one way to beat you. And as you know, the best way to open up the pass is by establishing the run. Alright, so the Regina Rams are not giving you the option to establish the pass by opening up the run because they've taken away the run completely. They're forcing you to just... Pass the ball (laughs) straight up. Okay, so that's why it makes sense. The only team that's been able to beat the Regina Rams are the Saskatchewan Huskies because they have the best passing attack in the nation. All right, that's what it's taken to beat the the, the Regina Rams. So I I think the Regina Rams are super impressive. I have them penciled in at number six on my list. Next, in at number seven, I have the Montreal Caravans. They've dropped two spots on my list compared to where they were last week on the top 10. No explanation needed. You know why they are where they are. At number eight, I have the Ottawa GGs. I think they still deserve a spot on the list 100%. They gave Western a run for their money last week in the first half. And of course, you know, the result ended up being the same like many before them. They lost to Western 38-18. I think the Ottawa GGs are one of the more impressive teams in the country. Hence why I have them on the list. But the challenge that has always plagued this team... Is accomplishing significant playoff success. They've always been a solid regular season team, but they've never been able to break through to a Yates Cup. The last time the Gigis were in the Yates Cup, Brad Sinopoli was their quarterback. Think about that. Brad Sinopoli was the quarterback the last time the Ottawa Gigis appeared in the Yates Cup. Since then, they've had only two losing seasons. So this is a team that's always been pretty good in the regular season, but have never been able to create significant playoff success playoffs start next week their opportunity to change that narrative starts next week and i'm gonna be real with you i think if the ottawa Gigi's want to accomplish significant playoff success and breakthrough to a yates cup in 2022 it's gonna be all about ben miracle on saturday he was nine for 20 120 yards zero touchdowns you can't do that in the playoffs you can't do that in the playoffs because teams are going to load up the box and stop the run they're going to shut down jp Simenkenda and that's exactly what the western mustangs did on saturday They loaded up the box and JPC McKenna only rushed for 47 yards. So Ben Miracle and that passing attack need to step up if the GGs want to engineer significant playoff success in 2022. But for now, I got them penciled in at number 8. In at number 9 on my list sees the return of the UBC Thunderbirds and you know why. No explanation needed. But I'm going to say this. Everyone's going to show love to running back Isaiah Knight and rightfully so. But big shout-outs to backup quarterback Derek Engel, who came into the game in relief of Garrett Rooker, who went down with injury. This man came into the game 11 for 20, 160 yards, two touchdowns. He did what he needed to do to keep the UBC Thunderbirds alive in that game. Big shout-outs to that backup quarterback. And I'll also say this. I think the last few weeks of U sports football have taught us how important it is to have depth at quarterback if you wish to attain success in this league. You look at Queens, James Keenan goes down, Alex Freakin steps in and he is pivotal in their success. You look at Western this past Saturday, Evan Hillock went down and Jackson White was able to come in and hold it down and lead Western to win. And then you look this past weekend at UBC, Garrett Rooker goes down and Derek Engel is able to step in and help lead that program to probably its biggest win since the Vanier Cup in 2015. Depth at quarterback is important. And then in at number 10 on my list sees the return of the Sherbrooke Verte et Or. And it makes sense. And I'll tell you why. First off, anytime you beat the Montreal Caravans, you are a top 10 team in the country. Plain and simple. You beat Montreal, you should be on the list. Second, this is a team that we are looking at that has a legitimate opportunity to play in their conference championship in a few weeks. Think about that. The sherbrooke verte have a legitimate chance to play for a Dunsmore Cup in 2022? That's how they have us feeling right now. So they deserve to be on this list. It's that plain and simple. Sherbrooke in at number 10. Okay, before I wrap up, let's get into some notable omissions from my list. And I want to say first that it was an extremely hard week to be a top 10 voter. I think it was the hardest week uh, for me Since I've been doing this, all right, I think for people who want to put an effort and thought into putting forth their votes, then they probably spent a good amount of time sitting at their computer screen, writing down their notes, and trying to make sense of who deserves to be where. So, the first notable omission off my list are the Laurier Golden Hawks, who were in last week at number nine. And I think it's tough. The Laurier Golden Hawks are an amazing team. I think they're a team that you don't want to face in the playoffs. But in a week where you're coming off a loss that coincides with other teams picking up very impressive wins, such as beating the number two team in the nation or beating the Montreal Caravans, then it puts you in a tough spot. It puts you in a tough spot to build a case for yourself to be on the list during that week. So as you were able to see, Laurie got replaced by UBC, and I think that makes sense because they just beat the number two team in the country, whereas Laurie hasn't beaten the number one team in the country or the number four team in the country. Right. And if you look at UBC, they're sitting at four and three. And if they win next week, they have the opportunity to finish with the same record as Laurier at five and three. So Lurie's not on my list this week, but I think they're still an amazingly talented team. And then the second notable omission from my list were the Carlton Ravens, who are also sitting at five and three and were on the list last week at number ten. I'm gonna give you my overall thoughts on the Carlton Ravens. Um I genuinely believe that when it comes to getting on the top ten, this is one of the teams that suffer a lot from recency bias. I'm looking at a team like Windsor this season, who a lot of people didn't want to see on the top 10. A lot of people said, oh, they got to beat this team. They got to beat that team. Uh, More impressive wins here. They picked up a top 10 win, by the way, but they need more impressive wins there. Would you believe me if I told you that the Carlton Ravens did not beat a single ranked opponent in 2022? In week one, they beat the McMaster Marauders, who were a very good team. Don't get it twisted. Very good team. Their next win came against the York Lions, followed by a win over the Windsor Lancers, followed by a win over the Waterloo Warriors, followed by a win over the Guelph Griffins. So they beat Guelph, Waterloo, York, and McMaster. Four teams, all of whom finished with two or less wins. I think if you're going to give the Windsor Lancers a hard time to get on the top 10, you've got to give the Carlton Ravens just as hard of a time to get on the top 10 as well. And even looking ahead to next week in the first round of the OUA playoffs, they got the Laurier Golden Hawks who have the same record as them. And I think there are very few people who expect the Carlton Ravens to come out on top in that game. And no, 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 that's not me giving my official prediction or anything like that. That's just me saying what people genuinely think. That's genuinely what OUA fans think. OUA fans do not think the Carlton Ravens will win next week against the Laurier Golden Hawks. So those are my thoughts on Carlton. Those are my thoughts on Laurier. And those are my thoughts on the most recent week of U Sports Football. As always, if you made it this far, big ups to you. Before we sign off, DJ Lalama is coming back next week. And he's going to be coming off a regular season finale that will determine the playoff structure in the Canada West Conference, so I'm excited for that, as well as the first round of the OUA playoffs. Excited to talk about that as well. For all things you sports-related, make sure you follow us on Instagram at Persevere underscore, on Twitter at Persevere underscore, and on TikTok at Persevere. This podcast is available on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. This is Deshaun Stevens signing off for another week. Take it or leave it. Peace and blessings always.